and welcome to another episode of AI and You. I am your host, Mark McQuaid. So just when you've trained a great machine learning model or performed some fantastic data analysis, you're going to want to show off your results. Am I right? This is one thing that often takes a backseat in the ML or data analysis lifecycle, the front-end application. Building front-end apps can be a, a pain in the ass, really. I mean, who likes JavaScript? Well, I suppose many people do like JavaScript, but they don't tend to be data scientists. This is another area which often takes a, a backseat or lacking in the ML community or the data world, data engineers or data scientists with front-end app building experience. There is now a solution to that problem. Enter Streamlit. Streamlit is an amazing tool that allows you to turn data scripts into shareable web apps in minutes. It does all this in Python, it's open sourced and no front end or web development skills are required. Streamlit also has a fantastic community and has really blown up since its inception in late 2019. All right, on today's episode, we chatted with Johannes Rike, who is a product engineer with Streamlit. Johannes has an amazing backstory of how he just loves Streamlit as a tool, and he built a great app called Train Generator, which is a web app to generate template code for machine learning. He did this on his own in his own time, just for fun, really. And the app was such a hit in the community that it got the attention of the folks over at Streamlit, who then hired him on as their first product engineer. A really great success story. All right, I'm here with Johannes Rike. Hopefully I pronounced that right. <laughs> Johannes is a, a product engineer at a fantastic company called Streamlit. So uh, thanks for joining us today, man. I appreciate you coming on AI and you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. No worries. And you're in Berlin, correct? Exactly. Yeah, I'm in Berlin in Germany. Nice. So so we've gone international then on AI and you. We've gone international. So you're a product engineer at Streamlit, right? But before we get into all that, let's talk a little bit about you personally, all right? And the path you took to get where you are at today, because I think it's extremely interesting. So let's start about hearing about your, you know, kind of your early days and your your voyage, your journey to get where you are now. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so I am actually coming from more of a science background and then somehow transitioned into machine learning and AI. So I, for my undergrad, I actually studied physics and um, then from physics, I somehow got into neuroscience. So I got interested in neuroscience, did a couple of courses and, and project, projects in this area uh, and specifically uh, like computational neuroscience. So doing simulations of brain cells, um, all of this kind of stuff. That was, that was what I was interested in. Um, because I've been always like doing coding and the physics part and the neuroscience. Um, yeah, so I got into neuroscience um, and then I actually started a master's um, in Berlin uh, in computational neuroscience. So I moved away from physics to, to computational neuroscience, uh, which is kind of a mixture between neuroscience, but also more the, the theory side of understanding um, circuits in the brain, understanding nerve cells and machine learning and um yeah so i've been doing mostly machine learning in in my master's actually so um we had so my master's was very research oriented so i could do a lot of projects and uh, worked in all kinds of different things in machine learning um in some stuff in medical imaging natural language processing uh graph neural networks yeah 
basically a lot of stuff. So you uh, you've tasted it all then, right? From the from the AI ML <laughs> deep learning perspective, right? And yeah. so when did you you know you you had said your 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 education started off in physics, but when did you kind of realize that you wanted to shift into that machine learning you know artificial intelligence realm? Um, that was really in like 2016. So after after I finished my bachelor's in physics, basically. Um, I was so I was already clear that I wanted to go more into neuroscience. That was already clear, like at the end of my bachelor's. Um, but after I graduated from my bachelor's, I had like a couple months before my master started, kind of a break. And actually, in that time, I started looking into neural networks, started looking into machine learning, um, and really, really liked working in that area. And you know, that was also the time when everything was really exploding and there was so much new stuff coming out all the time. Um, and that was super fascinating. And then, yeah, in my master's, I had the chance to to do a lot of machine learning. So that's when I really got into it. Nice. And and kind of what, when looking at it, you know, from a AI, ML, deep learning, you know, overview right now, what excites you the most? Well, obviously, Streamlit right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I would say what excites me the most, probably natural language processing. Um, mm -hmm. The advance in that area over the last few years with transformers, language models, and everything that's been coming out has just been fantastic. Um, so I ha have actually um, done quite a lot of uh, machine learning, uh, quite a lot of natural language processing when I started machine learning, but that was still before all of this transformer stuff, et cetera. So that was mm -hmm. more still like CNNs and, and Vortovac and LSTMs and all of those more traditional techniques. And um, over the past few years, um, it's just been really amazing to, to see this uh, development in this area. And I think personally, I also think that language has in mind the most implications for something like general intelligence or intelligence that we as humans can actually interact with uh, simply because language is just the medium we use all the time. Yeah, and I completely agree. I mean, you know, the transformer architecture, you know, when attention is all you need comes out, right? Uh, and then, you know, kind of shifted everything, right? From from an NLP perspective. And, you know, you kind of touched upon it as just with the mass amounts of, of language data, right? And text data that's out there now. Um, you know, natural language processing is just blowing up, right? With, you know, all these kind of added, you know, benefits, right? Transformers coming out, then all the data, all these things are kind of making this perfect little, you know, mixture to really, really create a, an exciting, a really exciting area in, in, in deep learning, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, hearing about your voyage, kind of your journey, right? And, and one of that, you know, a piece of that, is uh, something you created a, a sweet little app called you know train generator right and this is actually how i found you right i i, I play with streamlit quite a bit a bit and i came across a lot of chatter about this thing called tr train generator right and, and i loved it I was, I, I was playing with it it was fantastic and I said, I need to look into this guy, this Johannes guy. Mm -hmm. I need to find out who he is. So I reached out to you, right, via email. And, you know, here you are. You're on the podcast, which yeah. is great, right? And, and so tell us a little bit about, you know, what Train Generator is. Yeah, for sure. So um, Train Generator basically is a website um, built with Streamlit, where I'm working now. Um, mm -hmm. And 
it, so the the idea basically behind it is that um, training machine learning models, especially training standard models, is always has kind of a steep learning cor- curve. Or even if you know how to do it, it's always you know takes a lot of time to um, actually write the code, implement models, or even if you have implemented models, test them. Um, implement stuff like metrics tracking, um, you know, all all of the good things you need uh, besides around training your model. And um, so Train Generator is basically a website where you can um, just select, you have a sidebar with a few inputs and you can select, okay, I want to train a model for image classification, for example, or for object detection. And then you can have another input where you can select the model that you want to train. And do you want to use TensorFlow or PyTorch? Um, and you can input all the parameters of the model you want. You can um, select um, which optimizer do you want to use, which tool do you want to use to track your metrics and the visualizations. And then basically based on your input, Train Generator gives you um, some code that you can use to train the model. And uh, you can download that code as a Python file or a Jupyter notebook, or you can open it uh, right away in uh, Google Colab, um, which is basically a, a Jupyter notebook in the cloud service. Um, yeah, and you can you can use that code to train the model right away if you don't um, care about any more details, or if you want to modify it, um, you know you can go into the code and modify it as you like and extend it as you like. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic little app, right? And and you know, for me, when I was looking at it and playing with it, it's I mean, I think what it really does is it simplifies the whole process, right? It makes life easier for people that are trying to you know train a model. And you know, was that kind of your vision behind it when you made it, right? Was that kind of you wanted to simplify the process? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, train generator. I actually didn't start working on train generator i actually first worked on something else um which then led to train generator so yeah as you said you know simplifying the process of i want to train this model and then actually training it um that's what i that's what i've been always thinking about um or that's what i've been thinking about a lot for for the past few years because I've been doing a lot of like applied machine learning, um, so both for for research and university. I've also worked um, during my studies. I worked part time at SAP um, doing applied machine learning, and you know one of the struggles always was that we were actually, or I was actually training very standard models, like nothing super fancy, nothing that I implemented myself, um, but still it always took a lot of time to to actually yeah. get it up and running. And so I actually started like sometime last year, I started um, thinking about more in the direction of a Python library to simplify that. So basically something where you have like training in one line of code, something similar to what fast AI is doing. Also recently, uh, PyTorch Lightning Flash um, was announced, which, which is also in the same direction that you can just, you know, you just say, I want that model. Here's my data. Please train it. Um, so I tinkered around with that, um, and then I actually, I talked about it with a friend of mine, um, who's also in the machine learning space and kind of in that, in that talk, um, we got this idea, what if there's no Python package where you just 
do one line of code and then it trains it, but you can actually generate the code um, because that obviously has the advantage that uh, you can modify it, um, which is a huge deal, I think, if you go from just building a prototype to um, actually building a, a real model that you want to use in production, then at some point you always have to modify what you're doing. And mm -hmm. I think with with like a Python library uh, or with those all the packages that allow you to train models very quickly, at some point you're just limited because you can't go any further. And um, I think the, the cool aspect about train generator is um, you have something very quickly and you can use it right away. And if you want to modify it, you know, you're, you're free to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, like I said, it's a, it's a great little app. And, and I mean, it's pretty successful, right? I mean, how many stars are you at, on GitHub now? Like you're up there. You're... It's, uh, it's close to a thousand now. Um, I actually, uh, so I started working at Streamer one and a half months ago. So um, in, in the past few months, I didn't really get to um, develop train generator any further. But um, yeah, so I released it in uh, December and the first one or two weeks were just crazy. Like I had, I think, 500, 600 GitHub stars in the first two yeah. weeks. Um, there were some some really uh, impressive people on, on Twitter writing about it. Um, yeah, it, it was really crazy. Um, it got a lot of good feedback. No, that's great. It must be exciting for you, right? For you to have a vision, you know, then build something and then see the, the community all come together, everyone come together. And it's like, you know, talking about what you've done, um, you know, it must be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, that, that was fantastic. Um, that was super exciting to get so much good feedback. Um, also, especially exciting was also that um, some people actually reached out to me and said, you know, this is super cool and I want to help this uh, implement some more uh, code templates so like that you can generate code for, for other use cases or other framework. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that was super exciting. Yeah, well, you wrote me in, right? I, I, I got a hold of you to bring you on here. So uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely working. <laughs> so uh, you can give it a plug. I mean, uh, you know, how does someone get started playing with Train Generator? Um, basically, you just go to, to, to the uh, website. So it's uh, hosted on my personal domain. So it's traingenerator.jrieke.com. Uh, you can also just Google train generator and then you should get it. It should be pretty high up or Google train generator GitHub. Then you'll get to the, to the GitHub repo and then to the actual website. And you have step-by-step you know, read the docs on there and on the readme file and, you know, pretty seamless to get started with it. Yeah. It, it's actually, it's actually super simple. If you see, if you go on the website and you see it, like there's like five lines of instructions at the top and that's it because it it's really self-explanatory, I think. Um, and yeah, and in, in the GitHub repo, uh, there's some more instructions and stuff also how you can extend it, how people can write their own templates. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it, it's a fantastic story, really, right? Because you, you know, on your own, you know, through obviously you're passionate about what you do, um, you know, you built something that, you know, garnered some interest, garnered some steam, and then, you know, it kind of turned into a career for you, right? So, you know, let, I'll take that and shift over to, you know, Streamlit as a company, right? So that's where you work. So can you, you know, just kind of explain what Streamlit is for people that may not know or may not have heard of what Streamlit is? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so Streamlit um, basically is a Python library, um, an open source Python library that allows you to build um, web apps and data apps um, specifically, or it's very tailored towards, um, you know, building interactive apps for machine learning and, and data science. It, in general, it streamed as every, actually a very general and versatile web framework in Python. Um, but yeah, most of its functions and also the community is very tailored to machine learning and data science. Um, yeah, and the, the cool thing about Streamlit is, and why I like that so much and why I'm working there also now, is that um, Streamlit is just very, very simple and intuitive. Um, it's just a lot of fun to actually create a Streamlit app. Um, so especially if you compare it to, you know, if you write an app from scratch or you do something in, in uh, React uh, in JavaScript or, you know, you build a Flask app or anything like that. That's just always, you know, very complicated. And especially if you come from a you know, machine learning and data science background, you may not have the skills for that. And mm -hmm. um, Streamit really allows you to write a simple Python script, throw in a couple lines of code, and you have a super pretty um, web app up and running um, where you can, uh, for example, if you have a machine learning model and you want to allow people to use that, um, you can plug your machine learning model into an app and just share it with people. Um, if you have some data, you want to make some cool visualizations, any kinds of use cases, um, yeah, you can do that in Streamlit. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we touched upon it again, is that, you know, what Streamlit does is it simplifies things as well, right? Just like train generator, train generator you know, you had built for, right? For simplifying the process, you know, Streamlit does the same thing. And that's something we like to highlight on this show is, is simplifying you know, AI ML, right? We, we like demystifying it, I say, right? Like it isn't, you know, although, you know, there is some factions of AI that, you know, require, you know, extreme, you know, academic knowledge or, you know, maybe, you know, a PhD or maybe, you know, a lot of math or whatever that is, right? But at the same time, there's a lot of tools out there where you don't need, you know, to, to know all that stuff. People are building that all the time, right? Like, you know, Hugging Face is a great example, yeah. right? I mean, Hugging Face is just provides you with, you know, pre- trained models for, you know, any kind of transformer NLP task you need to do, right? So a lot of places are out there doing that and they're really simplifying and demystifying it. So, and I think one thing that's often overlooked in an ML project, right? An end-to-end -end ML project is the front end. I mean, that's, that's quite often overlooked, right? The app piece to showcase what you have done. I mean, you can build a, you know, a great, you know, NLP model or a computer vision model, or even, you know, a data analysis, right? You can you can do these great things, but showcasing it through a front end app, I think, is is often overlooked. And it, I mean, not just you know a piece of junk, you know, front end, like aesthetically pleasing as well, right? Um, so you know, I work, you know, what I do in in professional services, you know, from from within our data science uh, organization within Rackspace, is we help clients all the time build proofs of concepts, right? And at the end of the proof of concept, they want to see something not only that just functions, but they want to see something pretty, right? <laughs> That's th yeah. that is a lot of times yeah. what they want to see, right? So, um, I think Streamlit is is doing fantastic things in that space, right? So, I mean, how many employees are there now at Streamlit? We are, I think, twenty twenty five employees, something like that. Uh, nice. we, are, we are hiring a lot of people now. Um, we just got a, a announce our Series B uh, last week, I think, or two weeks ago. 
So uh, we're definitely hiring, but yeah, right now we're, we're, we're like 2025. Yeah. And it must be so exciting for you to get in at the ground floor of something too, right? Something that's really just blowing up. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's super cool. Um, to see at Streamlit, like how the community especially is moving things forward. So, you know, it's not just a product that you work on and, you know, you don't, you don't see anything coming out of it, but um, it's just super fantastic to work on something that people actually use. People are super excited about that. Um, you know, I go on my Twitter timeline and I just see tweets over tweets about streamed apps and, and yeah. cool things people build. Um, it's just super exciting to, to work on something that people actually like to use. So speaking of that, what are, what are some of the cool and exciting things going on at Streamlit right now? Like said, maybe upcoming stuff, new releases, anything like that? Mm -hmm. um, let me see. So uh, we just, yeah, so we are basically working on new features and new stuff for Streamlit all the time. Um, we just released, our, our last major release was seeming, um, so that you can basically, you can adjust the colors and the look and feel of your Streamlit app. Um, which was something a lot of people requested, especially mm -hmm. dark mode, which we also have now. Um, right now, we are working um, on um, really getting a state better in Streamit apps. So the thing about Streamit apps is a Streamit app basically is a script, and each time um, you change something on the web page, so for example, you input something, that whole script reruns. So if there's any any um, stuff that you want to preserve, any information that you want to preserve um, during a session of the user, um, that's a little bit tricky. And um, there always there has been a workaround for that since a long time, which one of our co-founders uh, co came up with. Um, but no, we're really trying to get that into the core of StreamEd and really making that perfect. And speaking specifically of, of real life use cases, right? I mean, we'd like to highlight that on this show is, is ways that people are using, you know, AI ML. So in this case, using Streamlit, right? For real life use cases, business value, making money. Are you able to talk about, you know, a, a use case that you're familiar with that, uh, you know, people are actually using in the real world and making money off of? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't name any specific companies. Uh, yeah, no names. <laughs> but um yeah, so so we're really seeing really cool see, uh, things in the Streamit for Teams beta. Like we have companies, literally of any size, from just a couple people um, to really some really big companies, and um, they are doing fantastic things. So things like uh, one company allowing allowing their marketing teams to create specific coupons with a Streamit app, um, or we have. Um, call center operators who do some analysis on the calls they get. Um, we have, you know, Streamit apps to do um, projections for business projects, dashboards, all those kinds of use cases. Um, analyzing research models um, that companies are using, analyzing customers. Um, yeah, there are really, you know, because Streamit is such a general framework in a sense, um, I think there are, there are really a lot of use cases and we are especially seeing a lot of stuff also in the, in this dashboarding space or, you know, mm -hmm. building, building apps and dashboards that 
people throughout the company can use, um, which, yeah, which require interactivity, which may also, you know, have some machine learning or some just some logic and Python in the background, and for which StreamIt is just a perfect solution uh, to implement those. Yeah, that's great. Great to hear too. So going through, you know, uh, my podcast, I like to ask every guest a couple questions, right? So it's kind of common questions I like to hit everyone up with, right? And I like to see how people answer it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, first question is kind of, you know, you're obviously, you know, you've, you've, you're very well established at this point, right? You work for Streamlit, you've built up your, yourself, you're kind of self-built, right? Um, what is a, you know, the number one piece of advice you could give for someone looking into getting into, you know, AI ML as a career? Mm -hmm. um, probably build stuff, definitely. I mean, that's what I always do to, to learn new things and learn new technologies. And which obviously, I mean, I, I, I said how I got into StreamIt with all of those apps I built. Um, so it has definitely helped me um, to build stuff. And um, in particular, I would say don't be afraid of you know the newest technology and the latest stuff um, because i feel that for me personally when i started machine learning i was always you know a bit afraid of those latest research papers and models uh, because i was always like wow that's gonna be super complicated and how should i implement all of this um, but i think it's actually good to tackle um, these new things because you can learn a lot from them and I feel like, especially today, you know, with all the tools we have, you know, you, you already mentioned Hugging Face, um, which is fantastic, um, and which really allows you to try out the newest uh, natural language processing models with a couple lines of code. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, also Streamlit, which allows you to, to build an app on that really quickly. Um, yep. Or other... I mean, there are lots of tools in, in that space right now, um, which I think enable, uh, also enable newcomers to really build stuff very quickly. Yeah, and I think you hit something on the head there too, right? It, it can be intimidating, right? It can really be intimidating when someone's breaking into the space. So, you know, as you said, maybe, you know, as easy as it is to say, right, try not to get intimidated by all the kind of papers and all the new tech coming out and all that, right? And kind of, you know, just kind of take it all in, right? And I think that's that's definitely what you touched upon is really key. So my second question for you, and, and, and I don't mean in a literal sense, or what is the definition of AI to you? I mean, like, what does AI mean for you personally? Like when I say artificial intelligence, what jumps into your head? So I think for me, it, it's actually two things. Um, the first one is that obviously it's a huge development uh, in, in many areas. And I think it will maybe not in the next, you know, two or three years, but obviously in like 10 years or 20 years from now, uh, AI and machine learning technology will probably affect a lot of our daily lives. Um, I think right now, actually, the, the media hype is a bit larger in machine learning than what the than what it actually means for our daily life. I think right now it's still very constrained to specific examples, specific use cases, um, and more research kind of things. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think over the long term, um, it will definitely get to uh, to everyday life. 
And the other thing for me personally, you know, with uh, someone who's coming from neuroscience and who has done a lot of neuroscience, um, machine learning and AI is also super interesting to understand something more general about how intelligence actually works. And mm -hmm. maybe hopefully uh, at some point also understanding about more about how the brain actually works. Um, that would be, that's also an area that I'm super interested in. No, that's great. Yeah. And I think, yeah, as you said, right, AI is, it's, it's only coming in stronger, right? It's coming in hotter. It's going to yeah. take over the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Johannes, it's been fantastic having you come on today. I really appreciate you taking your time. You know, I, I know it's late there in Berlin um, and you're chatting with us and you're sharing your unique story. So I really appreciate that. And I can't wait to see what you do next. And, and, you know, Seriously, you're a real inspiration from the way, you know, you started out, you know, building apps and then to where you are today. I think that's it, it, it speaks to that. And it's a true inspiration. Well, thank you for the for the compliment. Um, yeah, thanks for inviting me. It was uh, a lot of fun to talk with you. So a cool streamlit app that I wanted to highlight is an app built by a guy named Yang Ziang Yu. Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher that. It is a UNet-based convolutional neural network, so a CNN, a deep learning model that takes any satellite imagery and detects the wildfire burning scar. Uh, the model itself is trained on Databricks and the application is deployed on Streamlit. So the creator of this app says his inspiration behind it was that wildfires have become devastating disasters, right? Uh, not only they cause potential huge loss to properties, but also massively affect human lives. They also emit enormous amounts of CO2 into the environment. The 2018 California campfire, for example, alone caused $16.5 billion in loss and emitted a year's worth of power pollution. Currently, there are over a thousand Earth observation satellites that are orbiting above us, However, only less than 10 of them can monitor for wildfires. These satellites either only track a small portion of the land or require extensive specialties and dedicated pre-processing skills to process, which greatly limits the capability to real-time monitor the wildfires across the globe. Therefore, you know, it's important to find a way that we can utilize many more of Earth's observation satellite imagery and improve the effectiveness of wildfire monitoring. So what does this app do? Uh, it's a user-friendly app that takes imagery from different satellite resources as inputs and then quickly predicts forest fire probability and segments the burning scar zones. In addition, given the image resolution and the forest type, it can calculate the total areas of the burnt zone of a wildfire and estimate the total CO2 emission from that fire. So for anyone interested in playing with this app and deploying it yourself, you can go to Yang Xiang Yu's GitHub and I'll provide the link with the episode. All right, fantastic to have someone on with a unique story that speaks to really hard work, drive and passion and how that can put you in a position to be successful and noticed. So to get started using Streamlit, go to streamlit.io and just start playing. There's lots of examples and tutorials on there, and it really is a great tool. All right. As always, it's been a pleasure. And until next month, stay tuned, and we will continue to explore how AI can help you.